Welcome to episode 174 of the Local Meta. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. John, how's it going tonight, man? I've had a weird evening. Actually, oh, really? If we're being honest. Okay. So, so um, roommates went backpacking somewhere. Okay. Not sure where. They're gone. I'm, okay. feeding, the, I'm feeding the cats until Wednesday morning. Okay. So they'll feed the cats Wednesday night. They get home sometime during Wednesday, right? Yep. Like, all right, sure. They do it semi-occasionally. I take her cats. Everything's fine. Yep. That's so, that's a pretty common. Yeah. You know. You know. Yeah. So I'm hanging out with a girlfriend, and on my way home, I decide, you know what? They're gone, which means the fridge is going to be mostly empty. I'm going to make tuna salad. I haven't made tuna salad in like a year. All right. <laughs> when I make it, I make a big bowl, and it takes yep. up a lot of space, right? Okay. And me being me, I don't like taking up a lot of space in the fridge. Yeah, okay, that sounds like you, actually. <laughs> yep. So I buy the stuff to make tuna salad. I don't forget any ingredients this time, which I tend to. I always forget one, usually cheese. Okay. I get it all, and I come home. And I get home at, like, 6.30. And the cats are supposed to be fed at 7. Okay. So I lay out all my ingredients. I get the... I find the pot... And I just fill it. I fill it with water. I get the water boiling, and as the water starts to boil, I start prepping the cat's food. Okay. You know, at this point, everything's going basically according to plan. I finish prepping mm-hmm. the cat's food. I get the cats their food. Yep. Right as the water starts boiling, dump the noodles in. Takes all of like two minutes to cook. You know. So. Yeah. I take them out. Or sorry. In leading up to the boiling of water, I look in the cupboard. They took the salt and pepper with them, so I can't salt my noodles. <laughs> what? N- not a huge deal. Do you not salt? <laughs> you, do you not salt the water when you boil? Noodles? Oh no, I totally do. But I'm like, they they took the salt and pepper with them. They took the salt and pepper with them. Like that's that's the part I'm stuck on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So it's like whatever. My noodles just won't be quite as salty. I'm yeah. sure someone will say it's better for me that way. But Okay, whatever. They right. can shut their mouths. Yeah. So, no big no big deal there. Boil yeah. the noodles fine. Strain them. Rinse them, because I do actually rinse my noodles for okay, that's tuna weird. salad. I'm not, I'm not a noodle rinser. I don't rinse uh, my... But for tuna, tuna salad, I think you do. Yeah, yeah so. I, don't, I don't rinse them for macaroni. I don't rinse them for spaghetti. I literally only rinse them for tuna salad. Okay, right. I mean, like, that that I get. I think the one time we rinse noodles is for this, like, cold salad we make, so... Yeah. I'll, I'll so, allow it. Resolves. So I transfer the noodles into the big bowl that I'm going to make it all in. Uh-huh. And I go... I open up the drawer to grab out the can opener. Yep. And it's not there. I check every single utensil drawer in the house, of which there are four... No can opener. <laughs> they took the can opener with them. Okay. <laughs> so suddenly I'm sitting here with like a gallon sized bowl half full of noodles that I just made and no way of opening the tuna or the peas to make this tuna salad. <laughs> and I'm like, shit. So I put the cover on the bowl so the cats don't get into the noodles. And like, put on my shoes, I like without socks to yeah. go and buy a can opener from the nearest super one. It's like ten minutes away. Okay, yeah. Get in my car, pull out, drive down the road. I realize I didn't grab my wallet. 
So, <laughs> so I come back into the house. Mind you, it's like it's been wet all day. So I'm like, I don't even take off my shoes. I'm just like squeaking through the house. It'll dry before they get home. It'll be fine. Grab okay. my wallet, take off, get to the store. Can't find the aisle with the can opener. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently, they don't have like kitchenware or utensils listed on any of their signs. It's so usually, I know where it is in the store I go to, but it's basically in the first aisle. Okay. But I didn't like I didn't think that at first because I'm like, well, this is like a somewhat weirdly laid out Super One over on East End. Yeah. Okay. So I don't realize that. So I go, I like walk, I read every single aisle thing, and none of them say kitchen utensils. Like, what the hell? So yeah. I, I asked the customer, I asked an employee, just like, oh, they're in aisle one. And you're like, sweet, I, okay. So I go to aisle one. And there's two employees literally standing in front of the utensil section talking about the one guy taking another girl out on a date. Okay. How long did you stand there waiting for them to finish? About 30 seconds. Oh, okay. That's pretty good for you. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm, I'm eventually, I'm just like, excuse me, I need this. And I grab it. <laughs> so like, I bought... I would, free... expect you, I would expect you to stand there like all day waiting yeah. for it. I probably would have if this was normal, but I had cooked noodles sitting at home in a bowl that I didn't yeah, to get right. So I had to buy like an eight dollar can opener just so I could make my freaking tuna salad. Well, so here's the deal though, like now you have a can opener. Yeah, now I have a second now the house will have a second can opener. Not this is yours, man. This co- this goes with you. <laughs> this is my personal can opener. You just gotta leave it in your car just in case. <laughs> you never know when you're gonna have to like randomly open a can. I mean, I have a bunch of other random thing tools in my car, so you know. Can <laughs> That's a, not that's even a... like one of the um uh, like military issue like little small can openers. Like, well, this is a full on handle. Yes. Yep. I believe in. <laughs> well, that was. <laughs> Oops, sorry. I would say. That that was my weird afternoon, but that actually reminds me. I never told you a fun little thing that I had to do, literally on my birthday. Okay, I don't think I told you this, right? Maybe maybe I told maybe I told you. This, I don't think I did though. So my girlfriend lives on a horse farm, right? Yeah. Yep. Part part of her duties, uh, she keeps her own horse there. Yep. And horses, yep. yep. She boards her horse there, and because she does what I refer to as chores there, she gets a massive discount on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ends up being really nice. Yeah, it's a sweet it's a pretty sweet deal for her, I'm guessing. Yeah, but since she lives there, if something goes wrong, the lady who owns the place, she's older. She can't really yep. do the stuff herself, right? She does yeah. some she does some of the chores herself. Well like but, yeah, like if you're like she yeah. can't really do repairs. Mm-hmm. So my girlfriend, she's like, so smarty, this the horses mm-hmm. are big, like mm-hmm. One of them is gigantic. His name is Tommy. And I Tommy... Them before. Yeah. Tommy's like a walk... Like, he's the size of a suburban. I don't care what anyone says. Okay. He's just a behemoth, right? Yeah. <laughs> Smarty is taller, but uh-huh. leaner. Okay. And I think Smarty is actually supposed to be like a horse, a racehorse breed. Like, hmm. freakishly long legs. He's a He doesn't look proper. He looks like he's deformed. But okay. that's what he's supposed to look like. All right, I'll... Trust horse people. Actually, no, I won't. <laughs> he apparently has some weird, like, thing called the shivers that horses can get. Okay. Where if they stand still for too long in an enclosed area, their legs start to twitch. Oh, okay. And when their legs start to twitch, they kick. Oh. 
he kicked his door off the hinge. Oh, okay. So on my birthday, I got to go and repair a horse stall door. <laughs> because I'm a nice person. But we get up there, and I'm like, all right, I need either, I need to crest a wrench, right? Yep. And because uh, the screws we're using are too long to use a socket set. Uh, I need a size 14 crescent wrench. They only have 13s. <laughs> because obviously, right? So we decided to take a trip to Menards, and I buy myself a crescent wrench set. So now I own a goddamn crescent wrench set. Repair That's a good the... thing to have, honestly. It is a good thing to have. I honestly am surprised I didn't have one already. Yeah. <laughs> so I get that, and I go there, and I proceed to... Uh, I use my rubber mallet and all that, and I hammer this fence back into the shape it's supposed to be in and fix it better than it's been fixed in, like, years. Uh-huh. This thing was, like, off-kilter from him, like, hitting it all the time, right? Yep. So now it actually closes properly. Uh-huh. That lasted all of a week and a half. <laughs> Apparently, he kicked it again, mm-hmm. and he... So he bent out one of, like, the little loops on the bottom, which made it... S- the whole door tilts sideways, so mm-hmm. it now can't properly close. So it was being held closed with a bungee cord. <laughs> it for it opens inwards, so it's not like he could push out and like get the bungee cord off. So like oh, he was okay. still locked in there. But I was gonna say, I'm like, if it was like pushed outward, then he could kick it and it just spring back. Yeah. <laughs> so. I got to fix that again today, and this time, like, I I actually started to sweat because I just, I took the crutchman and I just tightened those bolts as hard as I could. Yeah. After, like, I had to use my rubber mallet once again to hammer the thing where it's supposed to be, <laughs> use a, a claw hammer to bend a piece of metal over the thing that he, like, he kicked it so hard, he snapped one of the metal lips for the clamp section, on the other side of a metal thing it should never have been on. Okay. So like <laughs> and this just was just it up. And I'm pretty this wasn't like a malicious I want out kick. This is just that's how strong horses are. And this is why I, horses I told you that's why I'm, I'm afraid of horses. <laughs> like, I, I'm I one hundred percent admit I dated a girl in high school who had horses and they scared the shit out of me. They like, <laughs> it's taken me a while. I'm comfortable around most uh, of them. Like nope. I'm actually fine around Tommy because he's so goddamn old. I doubt he would ever try to hurt me. But if he ever wanted to go somewhere, I'm not stopping him. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> as I've said, I'm like I refuse to own. I, I I don't like being around any animals. I can't physically overpower. Yeah. <laughs> like there's most mo- hor- most horses are like naturally inclined to avoid any sort of pressure. It's like if yeah. you lean into a horse, they will move. Right. Yeah. Like, it's like I, don't I know. Care. I know horses aren't out to get me. Like I know like, that. Like when this horse is ten times my weight, I'm yeah. not doing it. Yeah, and, it's like yeah. I don't. I don't care what you say. He does weigh two thousand pounds because he <laughs> looks like he weighs two thousand pounds. <laughs> In your head, he does, right? Yeah. And it's like it's the same thing with with Smarty. Is like his legs are freaking gigantic. Yeah. Like most of the horses, I'm at least. Sh- if you're measuring based on their shoulder, I am taller than. I don't. I'm pretty sure the ass end of Smarty is taller than me. Christ. I don't know how his rider gets on him. Step stool. Apparently. <laughs> so I just got to fix a horse door today. I've had a weird day. 
That is a weird day. <laughs> Did you do what I do whenever you fix something? Uh, play the Now You're a Man song? Yeah. <laughs> I, I did not know. I think you I think you owe yourself a couple of them. Probably do. But every every time I do something like that, I'm like, hell yeah. It was really <laughs> funny. Inept. It was really funny to just be like, to just, I just get to like hold that over my girlfriend now. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, I had to fix a horse door on my birthday for you. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, that one's a pretty good holdover, but, like, for years I held over my dad. Hey, remember when I shot your dog? Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he left, he went back to Montana and should have done something about the old sick dog of his, and I ended up having to put it down, so. But now we're, even cause, I'm, now we're even because he shot my cat, so. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't bring the dog with him to Montana. That's my the dog would have died on the way there. Probably it was not. He was not in good shape. Yeah. So, but I old. think he was. I think he was avoiding the problem in in a slight way. But Your dad cares about his dogs, so he does. But also, but also, like he had to be back in Montana. He was in Minnesota, and um, I don't know if you've ever had to, you know, manually perform these sort of requirements that are needed sometimes but um you have to dig a big hole <laughs> oh i'm <laughs> and I'm that fully takes a aware lot of, of time <laughs> right <laughs> so like you know it, it's a lot of it, it's a lot of screwing around and doing things and stuff like that and yeah so i was yeah but i was upset about that but i i no, that was that was my lord over somebody thing i had multiple times where i was a kid where like you know it's it's early in the morning, we're getting ready for school, and, like, my grandpa's out there with a pickaxe digging a big hole for a dog that we knew had issues. Okay. And then when M you come home, the dog times? is gone. At least twice. At least twice, okay. <laughs> you know, we, we had a lot of dogs when I was growing up. Hey, like, I think our peak at one point was six. All of them outside dogs. Right? So I grew up with hmm. a lot of dogs. I mean, we always had dogs with my, you know, my family and everything. Like, my parents always had dogs, but, so it was like, but, like, that was, you know, that was my, something my dad did and stuff like that, and. Like, Sorry, it, it wasn't six, it was five. Okay. But, so we always had two dogs is what it was. Yeah. You know, and, and, like, you know, time goes on and everything, and you take care of an animal all the way up to the end, so, like, it happened more than once, and. My dad was always the person to do it because one, they were his dogs, and two, he can he can compartmentalize anything, mm -hmm. like anything. Like I think I've seen him get like irrationally upset once, like like trip fucking balls like I do, mm -hmm. and and like i I'm like he's just one of those, like it makes him sound cold he's not he's an incredibly compassionate person but like i think i've seen him i've never seen him cry he i just, don't think he just knows how to turn it off basically. he's a compartmentalized well yeah. let's say i said uh, he he did the funeral for my father-in-law and stuff like that and he had to stop and compose himself at one point and that i'm like holy shit <laughs> like mm. which is basically like the equivalent of him breaking down and crying but yeah like, yeah so i don't know but yeah, dogs and stuff like that. So he'd always take care of that. So we never had to. So like, and me and me and my mom are similar person is like, we'll overanalyze anything and like ball, like little girls. <laughs> like, <laughs> like so we're not the first people to choose for that. My brother's more like that, but he wasn't available to, uh, 
to to take care of that task so it fell to me but yeah for for my family it was weird my grandfather would dig the hole my great grandfather would do the jo- would do the job <laughs> cuz my like my my great grandfather you know fought in world war 2 he was basically dead to everything <laughs> <laughs> but my grandfather was a strong of body individual who wasn't freaking 89 years old yeah. so he could actually dig the hole <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah but this is a weird episode. <laughs> let's let's move off to slightly so, less depressing yeah, okay. topics. That was only banter, and it got really weird. <laughs> oh, oh man! But yeah, I think you had some sort of talking point. I think you wanted to go with, but I do have a jumping-off point that hopefully will go somewhere. If not, we can go back to talking about dead animals. All right, we're talking. We'll go back to talking about killing say, animals. I guess. As, as the kitten desires attention from me. Uh, but, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, interesting question was brought up on a uh, podcast I listened to. Okay. So, first, uh, this is a really interesting podcast. It's only been out for a while. It's called Scry Me a River. It's by a um, Australian man living in Scotland and a gypsy living in somewhere in Europe. I don't know where. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Romanian, sorry. So yeah, it's, both... the, it's, it's the second most interesting podcast it's on the weird. internet next to ours. <laughs> I do actually. It's it's a magic. It's it is technically a magic podcast. Yeah. Both of them actually work for Watsi. Oh, okay. Uh, one is a commentator. One is production. I think. Okay. Um, both are really interesting people, and mm-hmm. people they're basically a people ask them questions podcast. Mm-hmm. Which I wish people would do for us, but no one's that awesome. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and I don't know what led to this question, but uh, one of the hosts ends up asking the other one. He's like, "If Death himself came up to you and said you have to play me, play a game against me of your choice." for your right to exist, basically. If you win the game, you get to go back to being alive. If you lose the game, you cease to exist. Just destroys your soul, or whatever okay. you want to refer to it as, right? What yeah. game do you choose? <laughs> so, one of the hosts had a really interesting answer. Uh-huh. He's like, I don't know if I would necessarily want to do this forever, but tic-tac-toe, you can just always draw, thus you will never die. <laughs> he says he says until you get bored and I'd probably get bored really quickly and just be like alright you got me just game the system you will be playing tic-tac-toe against the embodiment of death from now until the end of time like and I was is how, there, how, how good is death I don't know I mean that's like the, that's the problem <laughs> And, like, do you want to base it on, like, a game of chance? Like, do you do something? Like, you know, do you play a game of magic where mana screw and mana flood could come into it? <laughs> do you want to Do you wanna base your potential future existence on whether or not you draw your third land? Yeah. Uh, like... Like, uh, it, so in my head... There's only two options. 
right. One, you think you're better than him at something, so you do something that has basically no variance. Or two, you do something that is just all variance. And that's it. Like you either you either play a coin flip against it or you do something that you know you can win at. And like uh, yeah, I don't know which one <laughs> which one you go with there. See, I think the spirit of the question is basically what game do you think you have the best chance at? <sighs> like is there any game that you personally think like yes, I am very very good at this game and I'm willing to compete against other people doing this game? Including the Spectre of Death. Like, at one time, probably. Like, like there was a time where, like, if, they, if they'd come up to me and said this, I'd be like, all right, we're going to do a, you know, it, it'd be like a Half-Life mod. It'd, be, it'd either have been, like, Day of Defeat, if we could figure out that one. i get, like, five of me versus five of him. Or a one a one v one battle in the the specialists mod because <laughs> I was pretty good at that one. But um, mm-hmm. like I know there was a time where it was like I was I was good at those. Uh, nowadays, man, I'm awful at everything. Right. I, I was thinking about this too. It's like, what games do I actually consider myself good at? Like I've never been good on like a grand scale for any game. Not mm-hmm. even magic. Like I consider myself a good magic player. I'm not a great magic player. Right? Yeah. I am not pro tour caliber magic player. I think I'm like GP day two caliber. Slash... Clo- I mean you came really damn close the one time. Yeah. Literally my first one. Mm-hmm. You know? Like I think I, I definitely am someone who could spike a top eight. I don't think I could win a pro tour against an actual stacked field of like the best of all time. You know, it's like the thing I'm probably currently best at is like I probably would want to warm up a bit, like, mm-hmm. but it's probably something like Halo Reach like... firefights. <laughs> I... <laughs> Speed speed run times on nightfall. Yeah. Speed run speed run nightfall. I got a sub four minute on normal. Come at me, brah. <laughs> as he as he hits all the grenade jumps. Hey, we have shown with you actually hitting the first grenade jump that I can catch up to you. Yeah, because I'm somehow better at like minor movements. Uh, yeah, I'm also like not optimizing the movement, and I could do the grenade jump a little better. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm like, if you I, if you ever hit that second grenade jump, I'm never doing it. Oh yeah, but like it's off a rock, and uh, man, I don't know. I'd have to look at that one really hard. But yeah, I don't know. Like that's that's really hard because like all the games I play are like non-competitive. If that makes sense, like I just want to build friggin' houses, you know. I mean, uh, there's there's literal speed run categories for Terraria. Everything's competitive if you if you make it if you want. Yeah, but I'm not making it is the thing. I know there's speed run categories for everything. Like yeah. there's like a meme speed run category for dwarf fortress of how fast you can kill all your dwarves. Like, <laughs> you just start mining for a volcano as soon as possible. 
Um, I don't remember what the strat was, but basically I think it is dig down as fast as possible. But yeah, I don't know. Like, it, I don't know. I, man. Yeah, like it, I it's guess I die. Like, <laughs> well, it's not that you die. You're already dead. Oh, okay. You're just you're just playing a game for the chance of no longer being dead or ceasing to exist. <laughs> All or nothing, literally. <laughs> so I mean, that's literally like all upside yeah like so who cares i don't know like <laughs> overanalyze the question i guess but yeah, like it, it it was like when i heard the question like that's a really interesting question and i'm like mm. what would i choose and then i just started like really really thinking about all this like the style of gamer that i am and i was like this is a terrible question for me i don't yeah, right? do that style of gaming like, I suck at Halo multiplayer. Like, that is not my jam. Yeah, I'd have to try it, but I don't think I would be very good. You know, but as as I've shown, you know, you give me, like, three, three different maps in Firefight, and, like, I can usually get over 100 kills and survive almost the entire level, if not the entire level, without dying once. Like, yeah. That is something that I have done multiple times, because I'm very good at learning the PvE mechanics of the game. And I'm very mm-hmm. good. I'm I'm a very, very good co-op player. Yeah. Yeah. Not as good solo as I am in co-op. I'm very good at like covering someone else and yeah. the teamwork aspect of that, which is really nice. Yeah, it is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think because see that's what I'm more on PvE side of things. I think that's why the, the speedrunning thing is something that I take to slightly more just because it's like you get to compete against the environment instead of competing against other people. Mm-hmm. And even if you are competing against other people, right? It's like, you know, we yeah. competed against each other in our, <laughs> our randomizer race, but it was, we weren't, we weren't directly competing. Yeah. You're competing against, you, like you're playing against the game. Yeah. Even if you're competing, like, you know, it's, yeah, you're not, the, realistically, the other per- the person on the other end that you're competing against, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know? So. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that's a tough question. But. Yeah. I mean, you can even do, like, the generics. Like, oh, I mean, I guess challenge him to a chess game, but, like, he's death. He probably has played chess before. I, mean, I never I've, do that. <laughs> I haven't played chess in so long. <laughs> Just do it like Bill and Ted and play Battleship and something. Is Battleship actually a good game? Serious question. I think it I is. I think so. I, I was going to say, I'm like, I think it is. Because, like, there is some strategy to it from mm-hmm. both the placement and the, you know, firing. Yep, but it creates enough variance to where, like, you've, you, um, uh, like, somebody just doesn't straight up outskill you, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, Not I'm that sure... I feel like there's a huge skill cap in it, but... No. I'm sure there is some sort of, like, mathematical, these are where you should place all of your shots to maximize your chance of hitting things. But, like, even if you do that, there's a reasonable chance that someone just firing wildly into the abyss is also going to just sink your ships before you finish your sweep. Yeah. Like, that's just a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. 
Also, that movie is underrated. I agree. Purely because of, like, the, the old men who I find hilarious. It's been years since I've seen that. It's not a good movie by any means, but it's a good bad movie. I'm I'm okay with bad movies. I'm, I'll the the movies that I like watching are the ones I like. <laughs> it doesn't matter what their quality is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I think Battleship is a good game though. I mean, it was my favorite as a kid, but I think that was more because I loved the figurines. I mean, that's a huge piece of it too. Like they could actually float too if you were like careful about putting them in the water, and, <laughs> and like you have like little actual boat battles going on. I I was a strange child. You're a strange adult. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't know. This is a weird episode, dude. <laughs> I never said it was going to be a truly great topic. I said uh, it I was never, a possible uh, jumping-off topic. I'm not throwing you under the bus there. <laughs> but yeah, I don't see your topic popping up. <laughs> Get off my back. So actually, the funny thing is, is I was thinking, I'm like, about the like battleship analytics thing you like talked about. Yep. And I'm like to bring this all back around um, to something we were talking about. Like, like I feel like that would be doing the exact same thing that we, you believe is happening to magic right now. <laughs> people like, are people are people over, or maybe I think it. People over analyticsing things. I that mean, makes sense. I know that's what you think. I that's think what it's I just, believe. Yeah, I think it's just people are being too complacent. I, I heard think it's for, because I think it's because they're just believing numbers. I heard for the second time, or I heard today. It was a it was an interview that was going on before the Star City um, online challenger started, yep. and it was from. Uh, uh, Star City Grinder, his name is Jim Davis. He's actually a really cool guy. He He's a big fan of goblins. Okay, so you're all right I, with that. I'm okay with anyone who's a big fan of goblins, right? <laughs> um, and he was saying how he expects there to be a lot of Omnath in the tournament that's going on this weekend. And big surprise, there was a lot. Mm-hmm. All yep. but one of the top eight was Omnath. I thought it was all, except two. No, all but one. There was I, thought a, was, there, I thought there was a. I saw a, a, like a list meme on Reddit. Maybe it was the t- was just the the like that, day one. That, that was after like that was after like round four. Okay. So in the top sixteen, fourteen of them are four color omnath. Okay. A lot of omnath, right? Yep. And so he was saying, or he was saying that what he expects is there's going to be a lot of omnath. Because a lot of people are going to expect them to get banned, and there's no downside to just playing it before it gets banned. Yep. In his defense, he didn't play Omnath. He played Mono Black. He was originally thinking of playing a Red Black um, party deck. Yeah. Instead, he just played like a Mono Black Sack Aggro variant, which was kind of sweet looking. So that's what he played instead of playing Omnath. But, you know, as he said, everyone is like, well, it's just going to get banned on Monday. Why wouldn't I play it in this tournament? There's no downside. So it's this self-fulfilling prophecy because suddenly 50% of the people are playing this deck and it is a very powerful deck. And just like sheer weight of numbers, 
it's going to be really good unless like unless someone straight up spikes it and then never gets unlucky. It's just going to dominate just by sheer weight of numbers. Yeah. Because you'll have the people who are playing shit decks that they think are good against Uro that aren't, or not Uro, um, on math that aren't, so they're just going to lose. Yeah. You have the people playing the decks that are actually good against Omnath, but, you know, A, they have to draw well, variance mm-hmm. is still a thing in Magic, B, the, B if, if just because they have a good Omnath matchup doesn't mean they have a good matchup against the other decks that are not Omnath. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's all this other BS going on where it's, like, everyone's going to play it because there's no reason for them not to play it, and that's going to get something banned because everyone's just playing it instead of trying to find an answer. Mm-hmm. It's like, is the burden on the random nobodies who wants to try and spike an SCG event to actually, you know, figure out and fix the format? Not really, but if not them, who? <laughs> you I know? Mean, the top end sure isn't <laughs> doing like, it. <laughs> you know, if it's the same, it's the same issue that happened with um, Eldrazi. Everyone's like, well, I'm just going to play it until it gets banned. There's no use trying to find a way to beat it, because it's going to get banned eventually. It's like... Ugh. Omnath literally released yesterday. His official release in cardboard was yesterday. You could not legally buy one online from a primary dealer until yesterday. Yep. And there's a reasonable chance that something in his deck, if not him himself, will no longer be legal four days later. That is the most asinine thing ever. And I don't blame Watsy at all. Most like, people are throwing them under the bus. Yeah, it's like, oh, how hard can it be to battle? You know, it's like, blah, how, do you like not play tests at all? And yada, yada, yada. It's like, there's a lot of really high level pros and other people who now help Watsy. Sam Black works with Watsy, and he even straight, straight up said, he's like, a large part of my influence on the cards that are coming out was me lowering their power. Okay. Uh, yeah. Patrick Sullivan now works for Watsy, one of the greatest game minds there is in the modern age. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a really good game designer. Mm-hmm. He now works for Watsy. You know? Yeah. But, like, I don't see anyone throwing Sam Black or Peace Ollie under the bus for stuff like this. Yeah. It's all like, ah, uh, Watsy. It's, e- it's easy to smack Watsy around, though, because they're yeah. a big, faceless company. Yeah. It's like, I get it. I really do. No one likes playing against the same deck a hundred freaking times. But, you know, rather than complain about it and whine for it to get banned, and then once they ban stuff, complain about your consumer confidence. Either find a way to fix it, or just stop playing the game and stop being part of the problem. Yeah. I know that's, like, one of the most asinine things to say. Like, it's, it is a, I honestly think if all the people who complain just stopped playing the game, the game would improve. (laughs) I mean, I I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I know that's really, really dumb, right? Because your goal should be to grow the game, not shrink the game. Yeah. But, you know, the sheer excessive negativity is going to keep new players from coming in. And if it doesn't keep new players from coming in, people who will only play the best deck will eventually make said new players get bored eventually also. Like, it's the exact same issue 
it's the exact same thing that has actually come up on the local level where it's like, you know, do you cater to the new people or do you cater to the old people? You know? Yeah. And it's, it's just one of those things where like, it's more important to have the new blood than if you have a constant source of new blood, you are going to last longer than if you only cater to the old blood as it yeah. were. Right. And like, I honestly think you should cater to both, but if I mean, you, you have, have to, you have to do it, but yeah. Yeah. Like you need to cater to both to actually last forever, as it were. But like cool, there's yeah. there is a balancing act to it and you need to do it right. And mm. I don't know. That's a hard act. It is. But I just hate people lately. I know. I know you do. But I don't know. I, I've said to you too, I think Arena is a big a, a big culprit of this stuff too. Oh yeah. Like Because <laughs> you can just you can just get so many more games in. Like that it just helps test even more for people to start tuning and get analytics. Especially you can get really solid large numbers of analytics now. Yeah. And I mean, even even when Magic on, mm-hmm. Online was at its you know peak, when, when before Arena ever came out, I guarantee you there's still way more matches of Standard going on now than there ever have been before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's and, just you know, insane. Like, I, just think about how fast you can play games in arena. Yeah, and it used to be this big thing where you, people weren't quite sure what the format looked like until a big tournament happened. You yeah. know, sure you can play leagues online, but you're still not going to quite know what's going on just because based on what's in the leagues. Once a big tournament happened, you're going to see it really, really quickly. Suddenly, arena, gr- you know, ladder grinding, which in and of itself also incentivizes you to just play the best deck if your goal is to make top top of the ladder. Like you are better off playing the best deck than trying to play a rogue deck most of the time, just because that's how ladders work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to just leave a bias in people because they're going to see the same thing over and over again. And like that—that that is not me finding fault whatsoever with Arena. I think Arena is amazing. I love I think Arena. Is, yeah. I think it is how people are viewing the information they gain because of Arena's existence. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've said before on the on the show and everything that I think the biggest problem is. Uh, I think this is as all of us, not just people in Magic League, but just in general, people of at least the United States, I'm not sure about the world, but we, we, there's so much, it's so easy to get data and there's so much data out there, but we have not caught up to being able to interpret that data in yeah. a meaningful way. And I, I, and I don't necessarily mean that in the context of making things optimal. I mean, that in the context of making things the best they can be. Yeah, like, and the, those are two different things. <laughs> so, but it's it's funny. My goal was to actually avoid talking about bans in the currently state of standard because I'm just sick of it at this point. <laughs> oh yeah, but then I sorry, then I bring it back to. I mean, the thing, it, it is an important thing going on, right? No, you had to bring a battleship. Yes, and then you had a linked <laughs> battleship. To magic, <laughs> I mean, you know, like you know, you know, I think is actually a interesting deck to play on hmm. arena. Mono blue mill. Really, I hate I it. 
I hate it because I have a bad matchup against it. I, I don't think I ever played the mono blue version against you. I played the mm. blue black rogue mill um, version. I played it. I played against the mono blue version. All right. Uh, I know one time I beat them because they like they played them uh, whatever that the enchantment is. Uh, what's the enchantment they play? It's a very suitable. Yeah, they played one of those, and then I used my stupid two mana destro- destroy it, lose life, and uh-huh. they just sco- they just scooped. <laughs> just like I'm done. I can't handle this anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if my build of the deck is actually good, but I I think I was like 50-50 on games played today in platinum tier, so not like, you know, complete garbage, but not great. I've been awful lately in awful tiers. Actually, I've been just doing play queue even, I think, because I'm trying to like get some decks. I had to, I I had to do a um uh it was like cast white and green spells or something like that. So I built like a Snake, like I can't remember the card section, but like a like a snake deck, basically that's not good at all. Um, <laughs> and managed to like win a few games with that actually, but with the cards right. I had in my collection. In the hour it took people to realize that Omnath was a good card, the green white snake or green white snake deck was mm-hmm. actually like a potential contender for in people's minds for like really good deck, a really good card. Shit, I'm gonna build that deck then. I have like I have like a build I threw together that's probably awful and I'm really overlooking something, mm-hmm. but because I am not a good deck builder, but I yeah, like my, fun thematic cards and stuff. My one current issue with Mill is um, there's a lot of mono red on the on the single game ladder. Is there? I've been encountering a lot of mono red. Huh. I might have to hop in ladder then with murder kill. <laughs> it's like there, it's like in in the in the single game ladder. There's a there's a lot of mono red, and it's like a crapshoot for whether or not I can beat mono red with my mill deck because I'm obviously much much slower. Yeah, but if I get a little lucky, I can potentially race them with the five four Vantrisket gargoyle. <laughs> yeah. And, if my one opponent, if my one mono red opponent hadn't had double stomp, double stomp, yeah, he, okay. he, he was at five and he had the double stomp to kill it, and yeah. I didn't draw another one in time to race him because he still had like eighteen cards in his library, oh, and yeah. from from that point, no, uh, nothing short of like multiple to various two which was going to get me out of it quickly enough. So. Yeah, true. Huh. I keep forgetting to add. The fetch lands to that deck, even though I'm mono blue. The I feel like it, the what you would call it, Fabled Passage. Oh yeah, okay. I feel I keep forgetting to put Fabled Passage in, but I'm pretty sure I just should. Why? Because I'm playing the landfall crap. Oh yeah, okay. You probably should. So like, that is actually really good. It's almost no downside. I mean, pretty close. Yeah. Like. It is really good too, like when you when you can hit that and just like just grind up a ton of cards. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny because I originally built the deck as a meme because I had a bunch of quests that required me to cast blue spells, and I was like, "Well, I'm not going to play my blue black deck. That's like a majority black and only some blue." Like I was going to build a mono blue deck because I want to cast into the royal. <laughs> and like as I'm building, I look, I'm like, "There's a lot of mono blue mill cards." There are lately, yeah. And I'm like, 
You know, Into the yeah. Royal Kicked is pretty good with Teferi's tutelage. C minus. <laughs> I actually, unfortunately, my opponent conceded because they're mean. But I actually, I blocked their, um, I blocked their uh, Bone Crusher Giant with the O four wall. Yep. And then I into the royal kicked it, or kicked the wall back to my hand to mill my uh, to then on uh, my turn end up milling my opponent out, but they conceded before I got the chance to. Oh, uh, savage. It was like into the royal kick, trigger Teferi's tutelage. They mill the two or three cards, whatever it was. I would have drawn for my turn. They milled three more, and then I just like mill them for whatever the like the, like four or five or whatever, and they would have been dead. So hmm. I'm very bad at remembering the exact numbers of my mill cards. Apparently, uh, man, I'm very bad at remembering how games went. So, <laughs> but man, now, now you got me wanting to play um uh, play arena. I haven't played Arena in a while. It has its moments. I, I, I basically force myself to play at least once every three days to get my quest done. So, Well, now that we found out that you can do direct challenge to do quests. It is nice. That is I, nice. St- I still have a sealed entry token and an eight-player draft token that I haven't used. <laughs> Gosh. Well, I got them when I bought the Mastery Pass. Yeah. So. Oh, okay, so it's not that old. I have yeah. enough gold to buy into a draft, so I was like, oh, maybe I should do that, but... I haven't drafted this set yet. I have no idea what the draft format is like. So, well, I got something we can do afterwards. Yeah, I don't know why. I just have no desire to draft this format. I haven't either, but I just want to like try it because I gotta at least try the formats. Like the last, the last format that I was like, man, I need to draft this was Ikoria. Ikoria was dope. That was a really good draft format. I enjoyed it a lot. Like, I wouldn't mind that one coming back. I'd play it more. <laughs> I played a lot of Akoria Draft, too. You did. I, did. I watched over your shoulder a lot. Yeah, I know, right? I was not very... And then you wouldn't watch over my shoulder, and I'd be like, oh, look, I'm awful. <laughs> but you just need to, you need to stay the course, always draft some variation of Sultai Mill, or Sultai Mutate. Yeah, right? That's just all I gotta do is draft Mutate. Like... I I want to try to branch out though cuz I know I'm one of those people who like I I get comfortable with something and I I stick to it. Like cuz I only see that then is what it is. It's not even that like it's just that's I'm like, "Oh, this card's there and that card's really good and I know it's there even though a card in another deck might be just as good and in the pack or better." See, but. the thing is the the one problem with that format though mm-hmm. was there weren't that many good quotation decks you could draft. I guess. So there was the the cycling deck, which was good. It was mm-hmm. very good. Everyone very good. forced it. Yep. And then there was the mutate deck, which was good, but it seemed like it was always open. No one ever wanted to draft it. Because everybody was too busy trying to force the cycling deck. And as a result of that, like the your success rate with the mutate deck was just stupidly high. Yeah, it was. You know, because you're beating up on all these other people who have terrible decks because they tried forcing the cycling deck and failed. Yep. And, you know, you could actually go toe-to-toe with the cycling deck if you mm-hmm. had semi-decent draws. Yeah. Like, that's just how that format ended up playing out. Mm-hmm. 
you know, obviously there's multiple different variations on them. You take yep. deck you can do, but yeah, because I played a lot of. Uh... I played mostly just the the black green version, but I did play the what black blue. I think I played. Yeah, blue black. I don't think I ever played the blue. Play. I don't think I ever played like blue green or anything really. I no, the one I think we tried one time and then we swapped to green black. Was that was that the one where we tried to do the eerie ultimatum deck? I don't remember. Because we did try to do an eerie ultimatum deck once. Was that Arcoria? Yeah, that was Arcoria. That deck was yeah. terrible. The deck was dope. <laughs> the deck was cool as hell. That, that was us going uh, all in on the... Re- or, yeah, that was like one of the few times we didn't draft Mutate. We drafted the the reanimator deck. It was... If that deck would have worked, it would have been awesome. But... Well, that was the problem. Is it didn't. Like, we had, like, three different reanimation spells. I don't think we hit any of them, hardly. We just never drew them. Like, the yeah. one you played... The, the one time you played, like, the mill dude, you, like, milled your eerie ultimatum. It's like, sweet. We only completely built the deck around that specific right? card. It's like, this isn't going to come to bite us at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah, I want to try the draft format, because I, I, I did enjoy, I did kind of enjoy the sealed format we played. Like, it was, it was fun. Yeah, the sealed format seems sweet. Like, there seems like there's a lot of sweet things going on. I just, yeah. like, with everything all else going on in Magic, I'm just kind of like my desire to play Magic is minimal. Yeah, fair enough. And I, I like I did enjoy playing the games that I played today. You know, yeah. like I did play my Mono Blue Mill deck like mm-hmm. four or five games. I did play, barely didn't get there against uh, my Blue Black Rogues opponent, which made me sad. Well, you can come play basically casual Magic. Just barely, whenever. barely didn't get there. It's really hard for it's very it's very hard for blue black rogues to deal with the three one discarded card making oh, yeah. a destructible card, and like Fair that's enough. that is the only card I could ever resolve against them. Hmm. They just like killed or countered literally everything else. Uh, they cast three into the story or whatever the hell the card is called. Mm-hmm. It's like four mana draw four if your opponent has eight cards in their library, or in their graveyard or some shit. Yeah. But he, like, drew 12 extra cards, and he still barely got there against me. <laughs> hmm. You know, but I was never able to push through my, uh, push through an Embercleave or any of that stuff, so. Oh, well. Sad times. Sad times. Alright. But you were cutting in and out and stuff, so. Yeah. I caught most of that stuff. Why don't we wrap it up here? We can call it a night, then. That's fine with me. For this for this weird one. <laughs> All right. Um, if you want to send some, uh, shoot some feedback, send an email to thelocometa at gmail.com. Catch us on Twitter at thelocometapc. Uh, go to thelocometa.com. You can come hang out uh, at our Discord. The link is at the site there. Uh, or check out the link to our Patreon. And you can send us a buck and buy us a soda or something like that. Uh, all right. That's it. John, anything else, man? Nope, I just clicked on the wrong icon on my computer. Cool. And (laughs) we we will catch you next time. See ya.